0: Welcome to After All, the cross-generational podcast dedicated to discovering and rediscovering the social, political, and personal impact of The Mary Tyler Moore Show. I'm your host, Ariel Fisher.
1: And I'm Sylvia And
0: Welcome to the show, guys. This week, episode 22, a friend indeed. A forgotten pal from summer camp turns up as WJM's new receptionist and wants to be Mary's best friend again. Which is again, I guess, a bit of a misnomer because she was never Mary's best friend to begin with. She was a
1: casual acquaintance from one, one summer, sum, one summer in camp, whatever, eighteen years ago. Eighteen years ago in a weird name camp. Yes, the weird name camp that Rhoda had, had trouble, trouble with. <laughs> After
0: hearing her name, yeah. So the friend's name is Twink. Twinks. 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 Plural. Twink. Hmm. Plural. Plural. Yes. She has a plural name? She has a plural name. A plural name. nickname. Yeah. So she is Twinks McFarlane, played by Pat Finley. So we've seen Pat Finley once prior when, uh, not as the same character, or I th- maybe she was. I feel like the name might have been the same. I'm not sure. I don't know. We'll have to or check. she was the it seems smiley. Odd. Like, what did they call her? Spark? Sparky, right? She, she played was Sparky. Sparky. Yes, she so was she plays Sparky. a similar
1: character—the over-the-top friendliness who won't take no for an answer. Exactly. Kind of weird, robotic, like like a wind-up doll that you can't turn off.
0: Yes, that sounds exactly right. Is that and right? As Sparky, okay. she was she was in the episode where Mary and Rhoda join the Better Luck Next Time Club for divorcees to try and get a free trip to europe name yeah (laughs) that was a fun that was a fun episode that was a fun episode but so this week um yeah twinks is a pain in the ass oh my god and everybody
1: hate hate is too strong a word because she's so friendly she her the hate for
0: her grows Nobody hates her right off the bat. Everybody's no. the men are kind of captivated, captivated by this woman who Especially is so Ted. yes, Warmth. because she's touching him and hugging him, and it's so she's so warm and friendly. And then by the end of the episodes, she's so warm and friendly. She, her gritted she's, teeth.
1: Yeah, she's too touchy, and she's too the fact that she only knows mary from one one summer in summer camp when they were 12 years old mm-hmm. and now she professes to be her new best friend and she's so happy to be here her new best friend again her new best friend again and she was never the best friend in the first place no. kind of smacks of of and mary hardly remembers her initially it's like oh, yeah. I know you from somewhere, but I don't really remember where I know you from. So mm-hmm. she obviously didn't make much of an impression on her in the first place. No, but she she's a good sport, and she initially is is very much on board with. Oh, it's so nice. Yeah, she's so lovely, and 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 she puts a positive a positive spin on it initially.
0: Yeah, she's very yeah. She's she's polite about it. She's very merry about it. She's very merry about it. But yeah. Then she doesn't grow
1: on you. She no. grows she grows sour on you.
0: She grows on you like an infectious disease. <laughs> wherein at first the symptoms aren't that bad, maybe they're tolerable, but the longer it goes, especially untreated, the more it seems to affect your life in a negative mm. way. Like leprosy. <laughs> Maybe
1: that's too harsh. I that's, don't know. Maybe that's too harsh. Or what was the one that someone mentioned about, oh, it was David Frum recently, oh. who, commenting, and I love him, even though he is conservative, mm. but he's an intelligent... We can't all be and, perfect. No, and <laughs> well-spoken person. And he spoke about uh, Trump and Trump's presidency as, <clears throat> it's not a heart attack, it's gum disease. <laughs> it's insidious, but it can kill you just the same. <laughs> So, (laughs) and I just thought that was a very good analogy and not unlike this with, uh, you know, this frenemy and she's not really, she's not even a frenemy. No, because she tries hard to be your friend, but she's a friend of convenience. She's recently moved to Minneapolis to be close to her fiance, Mm -hmm. whose name is Arnold Tvets. Tvet. Tvet.
0: Tvet. Tvet. T-V-E-D-T. Tvet.
1: Arnold Tibet
0: and Murray picks on Ted for not being able to make to pronounce things properly. That is true. Says, and "Well, then, how would you how would you pronounce that?" Tibet.
1: And then there's the T-vings thing t-vet. of and and it's funny that uh. they they say this and I think we can acknowledge that we've all done this at some point in our lives, even though it's t- a terrible thing to admit to, mm. where you write your name with your intended fiancé's last name behind it. Yeah, or your boyfriend like, or your Or your boyfriend.
0: Or, yeah. Well, I guess it's a predominantly female thing to do, but yes. Yeah, I don't think boys do this. Uh,
1: no. But girls do. You know, it's like, I am Mary Smith and I'm going to marry Johnny, whatever, Parker. So I will be Mary Parker. So I can sign my name as... Mary Parker and is like so cheesy and so awful but Yeah. So she would be twinks bet. Twink- <laughs> That's awful. <laughs>
0: well and Mary has this realization of oh Oh no! The the guys are like, "What?" She's like, "Well, there's this thing, you know, that women do when you know they like somebody and they want to daydream about what it'll be like if they're married, and they, you know, doodle their boyfriend or fiance's name after their first name." And I can't imagine what it would have been like the first time she saw Twinks Twet. Twinks Twet.
1: I don't believe it.
0: What? mimeographed wedding invitations
1: aren't they usually engraved someone tell me what this is all about what is this? Mr. and Mrs. Simon McFarlane request the honor of your presence at the marriage of their daughter Rochelle
0: Margaret to Mr. Arnold Tvet there he goes again can't you read anything without mispronouncing it how would you pronounce that then Tvet. T. V-E-D-T. No, must be a typo. What is a Tvet? The name. Arnold Tvet.
1: Huh. And who is Rochelle Margaret McFarlane? Twinks. I should have known.
0: Poor Twinks. I just realized. What? Well, it's just something girls do when they're going with a
1: guy. You know, they... They doodle her name and his together, you know, to just see how it's going to look together. What a shock it must have been the first time she wrote it down and saw it. <laughs> Twinks Tvet. Mm-hmm. You
0: see, you can't help but do the, the, the alliteration with the W making it a V. Mm-hmm. Twink, Tvet. Twink. Twinks? Twinks, Tvet. Twink, oh, Jesus. Oi, Ve. <laughs>
1: But uh, t- poor Twinks is. Um, I don't feel bad for Twinks. No, I don't feel bad for her. She's just a, a. She's toxic in a in a well-meaning way, which doesn't really jive together. No, I think she's an, opportun- an
0: opportunist. She's completely an opportunist. She's a bit of a leech, but without Very necessarily much so. like she's not a deliberate leech. She's an inadvertent leech. She's an inadvertent opportunist. I guess so. Well, because, I mean, she's getting married and everything and Mary's kind of trying to find a way. She's like, we ran out of things to talk about at camp and now we literally have nothing else to talk about. So... So Mary
1: recognizes that they really don't have a lot in common. Like, right off the bat. Twinks is all about camp and somehow her life got stuck in that era of her life at being at camp to a point that her... her I Took the words out of my mouth. The And uh, Arnold... Tvet Tvet is a camp counselor. So it fits right in with her whole persona of happy camp. Yep. She's a happy camper.
0: She is a happy camper. She's a happy camper. A perpetually happy camper in life and love and adulthood and everything. But it it just kind of... She's so horrible. She's so she horrible. she tries to get she gets married to because her best friend, her best 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 dearest oldest real best real best, best friend. friend uh couldn't come in for her wedding to Mr. Tvet. So instead she asks Mary if she could be her maid of honor and Mary not wanting to Mary being the Mary that she is and not being able to you know just say
1: I'm sorry, No, I'm, I'm not close enough to be your maid of honor, Yeah, because that's the bottom line.
0: Uh, she says yes, and then she asks Rhoda to be a bridesmaid, despite meeting her for two seconds and imposing herself. When she meets Rhoda, she's oh just, God, she's you awful. know... Oh, well, you know, Rhoda comes in with brochures because they're planning a trip together. Oh, well, maybe I can get some time off work too. You've literally spent a few hours with Mary for the first time in in 18 18 years. years. And you just met. And you just met Rhoda. Rhoda, And and you want to go on vacation with them. You want to intrude and impose She has no filters.
1: She has no boundaries and she has no filters. But it's... So it's it's part of, uh, I think, I think if you were to read, you know, 10 top Mm -hmm. toxic friendship... Traits having no boundaries and no filters and insinuating yourself into the lives of others has uh, to be up probably there. Probably is up there mm-hmm. as this, you know, big red flag warning sign, bad friendship, bad friendship. Yeah. This person is going to suck you dry and spit you out when you're no longer convenient.
0: Yeah, without necessarily realizing that that's what they're doing.
1: No, no, because it's not malicious. And I no, think this is it's the a, part it, that's maddening because... If it was malicious, it would be easy to be angry and to yell and to say, I, don't, I want no part of mm-hmm. you in my life. But she's a smiling,
0: friendly, happy camper. Yeah. Instead, it's kind of this, I don't know. It's just, it's complete obliviousness. She is. Because even at the end, when... Um, the very best, 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 dearest, oldest, good, godsendly friend actually does wind up coming. mm -hmm. It's, oh, shit, you did put on the dress. Okay, well, can you take it off now? Because my real best friend is coming into town, so she's going to need this. And Mary's like... Well, I, you know, and Rhoda, Rhoda's on her this whole time. Yeah. Just, I mean, granted, it's a little... It's hypocritical for comedic relief that Rhoda agrees as well right? Like to be in the wedding. But Rhoda is pushing her and is like, no, you know what? She's really put you out and you've... You need to tell her that you're unhappy with being discarded. Yes, after putting in time and energy and, and money mm-hmm. as the maid of honor, who never should have been in that position in the first place, to, you know get her gifts and throw her a bridal shower and pay for this god-awful little Bo Peep oh heinous dress. The worst Just ever. the worst. And, and she kind of goes, what does she even say? Like, she totally dismisses it, but it's like... Well, because the first
1: thing that Mary says is it, the dress would look better without the hoops. Yes. And then she says, and by the way, you know, I've been running myself ragged and spending time and money in doing all of this, and I'm really unhappy that... You're kind of discarding me now. Mm-hmm. And little Miss Twinks says... You're right. You're right, Mary. It will look better without the hoops.
0: Just, it flies completely over Co- her head. Completely over
1: her head. She only hears what she wants to hear. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think I... It's it's hard, it, like, because as, as we're doing this and I have in the back of my head, I'm like, way to go, you have a feminist podcast and you're bitching and moaning about some pain-in-the-ass woman but, I mean, it's, I think that whole mentality of, you know, there's a special place in hell for women who don't support other women, I think that's bullshit. You don't have to like all women no. to be a feminist or to support you women's don't, rights. Not at all. That's not realistic. And I've had, a lo- I've, I've had many toxic friendships in my life where, you know, I, I don't think I've ever exactly had a Twinks, but I've had happy some... happy smiling Twinks? Uh, no. <laughs> I've, had, I've had other people... And I've been married, too, where I've not been able to... Where I you don't say no. Where you don't say no, and you don't want to be rude. That's right. And I think that's something that's kind of ingrained in us from an well, early age.
1: I think I think it's very common for many women who've been socialized into being the nice girl. Mm-hmm. We are the nice girls. We are the ones who don't say no, and who will help other people, and who are uh, welcoming to people who want to come into our lives because we assume that they mean well. Exactly. And and I still feel that that's a good attitude to have. I don't like assuming that, like having that, that suspicious mentality or that, um, skeptical way of looking at people like what's in it for you why do you want to be in my life maybe you want to be in my life because I'm a great person to be in in to have in your to life. to have in your life and so I still would like to think that for the most part the people that come into your lives into our lives as friends are genuine
0: but at the same time there is something to be said for I guess what's considered a more masculine trait in that you don't necessarily like men put themselves first at all times yes they're not raised to think that way they're not raised to think well they're also not raised to think well what's in it for you versus you know just being nice and oh well yeah i guess we'll be friends now but if somebody's being a pain in the ass or inconveniencing them they tell them that they'll Mm. they'll either say something or they'll just stop being there That's true. Like, in this instance, you even have Lou being really frank and direct with Twinks and saying, you know, basically... Back off. Back off. Leave me alone. Stop touching me. Don't hug me anymore. Yeah. Like, leave me alone. (laughs) And she doesn't, because she's oblivious. But, you know, all of them are doing that, except Mary. You know, men will be really blunt and frank with you, and they come first in their lives. Mm -hmm. Even when it comes to friendships. Like, if... If your friend's behaving like an idiot, you tell them you're being an idiot. Stop it. And that's it. With women, there's so much more that we've been programmed to think we need about being polite and being nice and being, you know. You don't want to hurt
1: the other person's feelings and you you second guess their motives and you second guess a lot of things. But we
0: sacrifice so much in the process of doing oh, that. For sure. Of our own time and our own energy and our own emotional well-being and mental well-being. Yeah. Like, I I had a friend who was not as fluffy as Twinks, but she was basically a Twinks, mm-hmm. who assumed we were way closer than we are, and it was for a long time, and for a bit we were that close. But it just got to be really imposing to the point where I was planning a trip. I think it must have been when I was planning a trip to go to... Southeast Asia? No, 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 no. Europe. Way earlier than that. It must have been when I was planning on going to France and Italy right before the start of second year university. Okay. And I, it was all very quick. We planned it, like, I don't know if you remember, but it was myself and a friend of mine who was going to be one of my roommates that that second year of university. And we planned it over the course of, like, a week Mm -hmm. to leave, like, two weeks down the road. We were just like, hey, let's go to Europe. Why not? Okay. Yeah. You have, you know, you're young, you have a disposable income. You decide you want to go somewhere and you can. You're beholden to none. Why not? That's when you should be doing those things. And this friend was pissed with me for not discussing it with her first. Not because she wanted to come and not because she felt left out, but because somehow my not telling her every detail of my life was somehow an affront to the closeness of your friendship? I guess. I guess so. And I just, I guess that was kind of the last straw, because it was, there were aspects of that throughout the, the friendship, and it event I just kind of, like, honestly, I ghosted. I, and I, I kind of regret that now, and not being more frank about it and more upfront, but I just kind of stopped talking to her. I'd had her You were enough. also a
1: lot younger, so. yeah. You might not have felt comfortable doing that then.
0: No, I definitely didn't. I had no idea. I I had no idea how to broach the subject. Yeah. But then again, even as an adult, a younger adult, about four years ago, three, four years ago, uh, I had a similar, well, much more volcanic falling out. Yeah, it
1: was a a more difficult situation Mm -hmm. and it was more in your face.
0: Yeah. With another friend who was expecting the world of me despite the fact that I was working three jobs living on the poverty line Going to food, shel- like going to um, not like, shelters, not, not but, food banks, but yeah. no, basically, yeah. I went yes. to they worked at a food bank, and I went to their food bank to get groceries a few times mm. because money was so tight, and I was breaking my back, and I'd just been asked to come to McMaster and do a talk for a bunch of students who wanted to get into writing and media and film criticism and journalism and they asked me to give this talk i'm like this is a huge opportunity this is amazing and that night she asked me well one after driving back and forth to and from hamilton uh refused to come over to my home made me come over to her home we're touching base we're catching up you know life has been difficult for me And takes the opportunity to tell me how much I've not been there, how much she no longer knows me, and how I need to call her more often, uh, text her more often, ask her more questions about her life, and be more present in her life, and do more things with her. And all of these things failing to recognize all of the bullshit that I was going through myself. Mm. And when I kept saying, I can't do that, you know what I have going on. I was told that... She was tired of hearing excuses from me, expected more from me, and that she believed we should take a break as friends, and yelled at me, like yelled at me as if I was this. a child who had been who had disappointed a parent. And well, not even like you, like it. Who does that? Who does that? Like I mean, if is if, this a friendship? It's
1: not a. A, a love relationship like which it's is not one thing yeah which is one thing like which it, and
0: it, and at the same time that's not the way you should treat a romantic partner either
1: no and I agree however, I think it, you have different expectations of a romantic partner than you would mm-hmm. of a friend in terms of i think and in terms of how much time you give to each other mm-hmm Having said that, your romantic partner should understand more than anyone else your obligations and what you're going through so that they would never ask that of you at a particular time in your life when you can't provide that. And they need to be able to back off. A friend, even a close friend, Mm -hmm. should be just as mindful of
0: your life as you are of theirs and of Mm -hmm. what's going on. And there's this misconception that you... If you are friends and if you are best friends, that that means that you talk to each other every day and don't you, you see each day. other. No. <laughs> and I consider you one of my best friends, if not my best friend. Thank you. Likewise. But you're also my mother. So there's, you know, there are other, there are, there uh, are other, other, other constraints,
1: there. other things.
0: But like my best friend, Jenna, she is around the world. She's literally in a different country right now. And she travels, and we don't talk sometimes for months at a time, and then when we do talk, we catch up. Exactly. And when we do talk, we, when things are seriously wrong, we drop everything to make sure we're there for each other, even if it's just on the phone. Mm-hmm. And that's the way friendships actually are supposed to work. You may not, be, you don't always get to talk to each other all the time. No. Your lives Certainly with, not as adults. Yes. Yeah. Your lives move at different paces. You you know, like you, your, your, your romantic relationships demand a certain amount of of time. Your professional uh, relationships and your, your career uh, demands a specific amount of time.
1: Yeah.
0: Your relationship with other human beings besides that one friend requires a certain amount of time. And your relationship with yourself demands a certain amount of time.
1: And I think we as women tend to do that one the least. Oh, yeah. And well, like, it, even in that
0: list, that one came last, right? It came
1: last, and it shouldn't, and it's very important, as mm-hmm. as we have learned over the years. You know, self-care is, is essential for a happy life and, and for better friendships and better relationships with other people. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think demanding certain things from your friendships just puts a friendship in a in a different category and it makes it, makes it seem like an obligation. Yes. And you don't want that in a friendship. You should be able to pick up where you left off. You should always be able to give your friend the benefit of the doubt that mm-hmm. if they're not calling you, it's not because they don't like you or because they don't want to intrude. It's because they too are busy and have lives. Mm-hmm. So you can pick up a phone and don't hold it over their heads that... You haven't called me in six and a half months, and I've called you five times. Well, exactly. And so it's your turn and all of that, because I've had that in Mm -hmm. a friendship that eventually broke up, not because of that, for other reasons, but that was always sort of the, uh, um, an underlying theme of the dynamics between us was that she felt she was calling me and wanting to get together with me more than I was giving back. And I don't know that that's necessarily true, Mm -hmm. Um, but that was her perception of it. Right, And it made me feel guilty, and I don't like feeling guilty.
0: And relationships, friendships, or romantic should never be based on a foundation of guilt.
1: No, of obligation and guilt. It should be because you truly like that person and you want Mm -hmm. to be with them.
0: I mean, and there are, again, as an example, there are times, like, I go months without seeing Jenna. For sure. And sometimes months without even talking to Jenna, because either she's out of cell phone reach, or she's out of internet reach, or she's off doing things, or I'm off doing things. And it'll be months, and then I click, and I go, I miss her. And, you know, you get sad that you haven't heard from them so much, and sometimes, yeah, you do have to put in a little bit more work than the other person that's just... You know, it's relationships are always about give and take, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to guilt the person. No. Like I've sent her, there. you know, she was away for about like a year, a year and a half where she went away to Southeast Asia for a couple of months like I did. But then she continued and she spent like a year or so living in Australia and at least six or seven months of that time were spent living on an ashram. Mm-hmm. Where there you know, no cell phones, no internet. So she would go into town once in a blue moon. So I was really out of touch with her. And this was over the course of a long span of time, shortly after university had ended, where we saw each other every day. So I missed her like crazy. And yeah. I'd get upset sometimes, but then, you know, I'd have a good cry and I'd miss her and I'd think about it. And I'd write her uh, a long email saying that I'm sad that she's not around And I'm sad that I don't get to see her and I'm sad I don't get to talk to her and that I miss her, but that I still love her and I'm so happy that she's doing what she wants to do. I just need to tell her that I miss her. Yeah. And like, we had a conversation like that recently where I just said to her, I was like, you know what? I do miss you a lot and I do wish you were closer and that I could see you more often, but I can hear in your voice how happy you are when you're doing this. And that makes me happier than anything else. Of course.
1: And it's, it's an unselfish friendship.
0: Well, that's the way all friendships should be, in yes. theory. in theory, yes. In theory. Yes. Where ha- that's the way all relationships should be, where their happiness is essentially what drives the motivation to propel the friendship. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to keep somebody in a little box and be like, you're mine yeah. now. You have to do what I want you to do yeah. when I want you to do it. That's yeah, not how too. friendship works. That's, that's not how love works, whether it's no. platonic or romantic.
1: You have to wear a dress with hoops and ruffles
0: and Sometimes. bows. yes. But ah. when you but when you want to. Only if you want to. Yes, only if you love them enough. I would wear a hideous dress like that for Jenna. I wouldn't wear a hideous dress like that for... Anybody else. Yeah, I'd do it for you, but you'd never ask that of me. Granted, Jenna cool. would never ask that of me either.
1: No, you might have to wear cowboy boots for her, but that's about yeah. it.
0: <laughs> love means never having to ask your friends to wear hideous clothing. Nay nee. That's far more believable than love means never having to say you're sorry. Yeah. But... <laughs> But that was a lighter, well, a lighter episode.
1: Ish.
0: Ish. Ish. It comes with, it's a light episode that comes with baggage. That brings up baggage. As
1: everything does. Yeah. Everything is connected and everything is related. Yeah. We've had a few episodes that have been... Fairly kind of lightweight slapsticky. Mm-hmm. Although I must say that the, the hoop dresses were, were pretty hilarious. slapsticky. They were hilarious. They were really, really funny. To sit down. Have you ever seen a person sit down with a hoop dress? I like have now. You have now, and, and it's it like flips over, up. <laughs> up, flips up over their head where you can't <laughs> see their face. It's very funny. Oh
0: my god! Um,
1: but yes, it is a an episode that has. Um, You know, kind of it's a springboard for speaking about toxic relationships Mm -hmm. where
0: otherwise everything is
1: simple. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. That was episode 22, A Friend Indeed. And next week, episode 23, second last episode of season one, guys. We're coming up to an end. Smokey the Bear wants you. Rhoda's generous new boyfriend has no apparent source of income, and Mary grows suspicious.
1: Uh-oh. Interesting. Mm.
0: I am intrigued. I
1: am intrigued.
0: Episode, again, directed by Jay Sandrich, and written by Steven Pritzker, from whom we've seen a lot of work on the have, show. He's, he's written a lot of the okay. episodes, yeah. I think he's written most of them. And Jay Sandrich, I think, has directed most of them, at yes. least in this season. Yes, he has. So tune in next week for Smokey the Bear wants you. And in the meantime... Feel free to shoot us an email if you want to touch base, let us know how you've been enjoying the show, what you've loved about season one, what you're looking forward to in season two, topics you'd like us to discuss, areas you'd like us to explore, or even if you have any recommended viewing or reading from 1971, 1972, because we're going to be doing some prep, I guess, during the off time, maybe doing a little extra reading, a little extra watching, some stuff from the time that would have likely influenced the Mary Tyler Moore show, at least in terms of media. So if you have any recommendations, feel free to send us an email at afterallpodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at After All Podcast. And of course, you can find us on all major podcasting networks, but most importantly, you can find us on iTunes. So head on over to iTunes where you can rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Every little bit helps us become a bit more visible for other people. So if you're in the States, feel free to write us a review. If you're in Canada, write us a review every every little bit helps and until next time